I'll have to ask someone in this house if they can help me out. That'd be nice. Aha! We are live! This must be now episode 12? Something like that. That sounds Who's right. counting? Who's counting? You? Well, I kind of have to, because when I put it on Spotify, I have to count it. It's like my, my thing. All right, well, I'm glad someone's paying attention. I'm going to look it up, because I actually can't remember. It's like the week... Every time I get to a Monday, I feel like it comes really fast. Then when I try and remember what the hell I did, it seems like so long ago. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You know who else likes it when it comes fast? Oh, damn. <laughs> we don't have the buzzer. We don't time. have the buzzer. We need, we need someone to do that for us. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, it asked me to bloody... It asked me to say which season... Which episode? And yet there's no information next to each and every one that I've uploaded, which makes no sense. How is everyone? Welcome to the VR Crewcast. Thank you for joining us. As you can see, today we have got a special guest called Stephen Berger, aka Virtual Steve. How you doing, man? What's going on? Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, enjoying me on this amazing number one podcast uh i mean you know it's up there it's in my top rotation really it's, i'm it's... so when you when you told me that dude i was like it's just so cool to hear um that people enjoy it uh we was just discussing like wh why maybe people really enjoy it and uh was it you alex who described it or wes someone described it really well earlier yeah. it's, it's just a good we mix we, we, we have we have a nice collection of unique perspectives and expertise from within the uh, VR sphere. We're, we, we all have shared the same passion, but we all kind of come at it from a different way. And you know who else loves it when we all come at it from a different way? Man, this is, we're just going to like pour one out for my mom on this episode. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we have to take it in turns to make the noise. Um, no, no, but seriously, I, I, th this is always so much fun every week getting to take a couple of hours here and hang out with you guys and just talk about the, the things that you know we've been reading and seeing throughout the week it's always such a, a fun conversation and i think that translates uh to the uh the, the product the finished product yeah, yeah like, and sorry everybody who comes onto the show also is like doing other stuff you know, so like, you know, most of us have our own separate podcasts and then we come and join all on this one. And then everyone kind of like to your point, Wes, everyone kind of has like their own little area of expertise and their own little like niche within the industry. And um, yeah, we all are like busy doing other things. So when all of these different people who are busy doing different stuff all come together, it's 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 a lot of fun. And uh, we always get uh, multiple perspectives, which is lovely. For sure. What, why do you like it? Steve, what's your sort of thing on this? I definitely get like uh, like old school radio vibes, like Opie and Anthony, just like chill. Like uh, it's almost like when you get those shows, like uh, with all the comedians that come together and talk. Like a good episode of Joe Rogan, oh. when you get like the best comedians that come in, they have a series they do called uh, Protect Our Parks. I, I get that it. kind of vibe where it's like uh, it's like the, all the masters just kind of come together and they're just not very serious, but at the same time they do hit uh, very deep knowledgeable uh, topic so 
cool. I, I actually watched Protect Dark Parks this morning while I was uh, doing work. I was listening to it. It's hilarious. That's Great awesome. Episode. That is awesome. I never really thought about that. <laughs> Artful leading out. If he was in charge of the headlines of the show, he's put this week, PSVR 2 is dead. <laughs> arguably. Oh, Arguably man. dead. Definitely Reported arguably. Man. Jesus. Um, okay, let's get on some introductions. Uh, we've got one half, the best half of Between Realities here. We've got Alex VR. How you doing, sir? Yeah, that's right, baby. Doing great, man. Yeah, Skiva is got, he's out as as well as Eric Masher. He is out. They are normally here on the show with us, but they are flying to California to uh, get ready for AWE. Nice. And I'm going to be heading out tomorrow myself. I'll be there. Um, I'll be working at AWE this upcoming week. Yeah, holding down the booth for Contact CI, doing demos, getting people in and out of haptic gloves. It's an amazing. It's so much hard work, but it's so amazing, isn't it? It's stuff. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, expos and conferences in general, like when I first started to attend them, I I would like literally was in my happy place. I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I, did, I didn't realize that like things could be this awesome and here we are. And I've been completely addicted to going to them ever since, regardless of whether or not I'm working a booth or just attending and running around and doing my own thing. Um, but yeah, going to hold down the booth this week. And I also have a talk on Friday, actually pretty much one of the last talks of the event. Um, moderated by the amazing and talented Ashley Huffman uh, talking about um, just uh, like insights in the haptics industry. And I'll be joined by a handful of other people that um, are representing different haptics companies throughout the space. So exciting stuff. That sounds absolutely fantastic. I imagine at your booth, you're going to be a bit of a hub for um, content creators and stuff. You know, I found that it does happen. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, When I was with fast travel, I was like, what, what, well, the first time I went to Gamescom, uh, just as a content creator, um, they had like this little area with uh, some beanbags and stuff. It wasn't necessarily for content creators, but what happened was we had nowhere else to really go. So what would happen is everyone would go there, chill out, drink their water, use their electricity to charge our stuff, and then just go again, you know? And it was just awesome because if you sat down for like half an hour because your, your feet were hurting, guaranteed someone would come in. Maybe it's someone from Upload, maybe it's someone from wherever, you know. Um, obviously, back then, I, I don't think anyone really knew me much, but it was so cool to, like, see faces off off the screen. You're like, wow, there's a, there's whoever. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so cool. great. Yeah. It is so great. And, yeah. like, everybody really is cut from the same cloth. Like, we're all different. We're all, you know, have our unique perspectives and backgrounds and whatever, but that shared passion and that shared interest and that shared business is enough to where, like, it really is like a family reunion. You know, yeah. like, you go to these things and it's like, oh, my people, yes, 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 yes. It's so good. So I'm stoked, man. It's going to be a great week. One of the best things that Alex is really good at, and I don't seem to do it enough, is interviews. He, um, I watched him, was it? uh connect five where you went round six six and i watched his video and there's certain people i come across not that i'm particularly a boss of anything i used to manage people um i was saying earlier actually being a team leader and stuff and people always have certain qualities that you think if i could somehow harness that or have it i would use it and he was interviewing these people with, with such a an energy it was it was quite a rare thing to see. It was really special, and uh, yeah, I hope you get to do that again, man. It was really good. Thanks, dude. I'm actually gonna do it this weekend. Believe it or not, fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave AWE on Friday night and fly to Denver and wake up in Denver 
where the first ever VRML con will be taking place. VRML is Virtual Reality Master League. They um, organize esports events that are kind of like almost like ESPN broadcasts. And I'm going to be like the dude, like I'm going to be like the Joe Rogan in the ring after the fight. You know what I mean? So (laughs) after like, after someone ends the match, I'll be running over there. Boom. Oh my gosh, man. Amazing grenade right there to finish the game. Tell me how important is this for your team? You know, whatever it is like pow, 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 pow. So it's going down, dude. I can't think, I can't think of anyone better to do that. Thanks, man. I've actually been thinking about uh, trying to leverage my microphone a little bit more, you know, like maybe put together a Fiverr page or something and like do voiceovers for trailers or videos or whatever. There's so many possibilities, honestly. I've done a bit of voice work. And once you start doing that stuff, you actually just want to keep doing it. It's really, it's really amazing to hear yourself. Um, But yeah, that's why we all do this because we all like hearing ourselves. That's not actually true. I know. <laughs> maybe I know, that was the joke. maybe putting on a voice of someone who's not you. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, so next up, we've got the uh, other bit of half of Virtual Strangers. Where's how you doing, man? Uh, I think I'm doing good. Super busy today. <laughs> I haven't had a minute to take a breath uh, because, like our uh, our fallen uh, brothers, I too will be. Um, flying to california in the morning so we're, we're trying to get some work done try to tie up some uh loose ends with the uh the virtual strangers channel and then you know pack and and, and get out of here but uh doing good man i feel well and i'm excited to talk about all this stuff we got a lot actually to talk We've about got, i've got today. a lot to talk about absolutely for sure there's quite a bit and last but definitely not least he was off last week good to see you again brad how you doing man Good. I had a really fun week uh, last week, and your Twitter page dude was fire. Like, <laughs> just kept Elon Musk that. liked one of my tweets. No fucking way. Yeah, uh, that's a four K by four K tweet. He liked that one, and then a lot of bots started swarming it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's> dude, sick. <laughs> that's pretty sick. That is sick. That is so good. Going on the resume, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> liked by Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah that's fabulous. so so remind us what you did last week yeah yeah i went to uh an event called display week um surprisingly it's about displays and i think this year it was so last year um there was xr stuff there but i was kind of questioning this year if i really wanted to dedicate coming here again because it wasn't that much of a focus still was like a lot of tvs and smartphones last year but this year, I think every literally every booth from every display company had something really amazing to show off for VR displays. And yeah, it was a really good time. I got to see, like, as I said, um, the, the, the big thing this year was 4K by 4K per eye. So that's like 4,000 by 4,000 resolution per eye. Wow. And every company was showing how they're doing it, whether it's LCD, um, micro OLED, field sequential, like, that's the big thing. And, and it makes sense because, um, you know, it, that's, that's the rumored resolution for the Apple headset. So every company is trying to get mm-hmm. in line for any companies that want to compete against that headset and visual clarity. And it, they all looked pretty dang good. You know, it, it makes me, uh, <laughs> it makes me already look at my beyond. Like, I don't, I don't even want you anymore. I want, I want what I did there, you know, like <laughs> it's already happening. He's got a prototype on him and he's like, meh. This is pretty old. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what were like 
Well, I mean, one of the questions I have personally, and I used to get asked this quite often, and it keeps changing for me personally as an answer as well, depending on the headsets I use, but what is the number one thing that needs to get better quicker? Is it resolution? Is it field of view? Or is it uh, like frame rate hurts? Like what for you is the thing that is the number one? All of them. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But but seriously, like, um, it depends on the use case, really. Like, yeah. For example, if you really want to make a VR headset like a monitor replacement, I think resolution is definitely the biggest one there. Like, you can't have people staring at like blurry text all the time if they're going to be coding or doing whatever. Um, but FOV is also kind of important for that because if you want to have multiple monitors, it's kind of yeah. nice to not do this all the time yeah and if we had higher frame rates we don't have to worry about uh brightness as much because the higher you can get the frame rates the less you have to worry about frame persistence and that issue i had with psvr2 for example like you you don't you need less of that so i think resolution is going to be um a fine point like very soon i think we're going to hit that and then we I, I think the next step after that would honestly for me uh actually be brightness not many people talk about brightness of displays, but I think brightness are is incredibly important. Um, not not only just to like compensate for pancake optics, but if we want future optics that are even more thin or more crazy than what we are getting now, brightness is a key key element to that to allow that. So I love the resolution of brightness is the I, two main ones. I love for me. it. I love it when I pump up my PSVR two to the top brightness, but it so depends on the game. Yeah. you know um because sometimes it can just make things look worse but in other ways it can make it look really really cool um but yeah at the moment i mean i'm it's i'm in a bit of a weird spot at the moment you know i kind of like feel like i've touched on some really cool headsets in the past like uh the vario is it the what's the twelve thousand dollar one what was that yeah the xr3 xr3 mixed reality yeah with that was it was just fucking jaw dropping. I don't know what the resolution is. I actually don't know the tech specs of that headset. All I know is the price, and it needed two. And, and it and it and it was weird. They're like, yeah, this this headset's twelve thousand dollars. It doesn't come with any fucking speakers. Like it's. <laughs> I was like, what for twelve thousand dollars? It doesn't come yeah. with speakers. Um, it was it was not very comfortable. It was all right. Um, it was pretty heavy, I think. And but you forgot about all that when yeah. you saw the clarity. What is the clarity of that headset off your top of your head, Brad? Do you know? So, yeah, it actually uses two displays per eye. Um, it uses a small, uh, around 1920 by 1920 micro display that's like focused in the center of your retina. So that area looks super crisp. Uh, and then they have another display behind it that's like, I think it's around nearly 3K per eye. And that's your periphery view to get more FOV outside of that tiny micro display. But yeah, the headset's uh, really, really... You haven't tried mixed reality until you try that headset, I think, in general. And the, and the funny thing about that, um, not the XR3, but earlier versions of the Vario. I, I know I said this before, but just in case, it's kind of like a, a, like a fun little thing. Um, early on in the Apple headset development, Apple was actually Vario's biggest customer of oh. headsets. And the reason was, obviously, Apple doesn't have a headset for... The people working internally at Apple to develop on, they wanted to make, they wanted to give people that are working on the software and the operating system, like a high-end headset where they can 
hopefully get their hardware to the point where they expect it to be when it launches. Mm -hmm. So they ordered a ton of like XR1s, XR2s. Um, they haven't ordered many XR3s because they started getting prototypes out to their people. But yeah, that's the bar that Apple's going for. And it makes sense. <laughs> it's just, I got a, I got a question for Brad. Yeah. Because you say that we're going to get to a resolution first, which kind of makes yeah. sense. What is like diminishing returns as far as like the resolution of a headset would get to where, you know, somewhat 2020 vision was got, we got to be getting kind of close to that already. I would imagine. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like, it depends on the FOV, but like if you have a hundred FOV, which is clearly the target these days, um, people say that 60s, an average of 60s pixels per degree is like after that is when you start hitting diminishing returns. Uh, a 4K by 4K at 100 FOV is around 40 pixels per degree. But most people's eyes, you know, people's eyesight varies. 40 is like between 40 and 60, you're, you're mostly fine. Getting past that, it's harder. But, you know, if you want larger FOV, <laughs> you, you want to ex expand the FOV, then your pixels per degree go down a considerable amount a lot. So you will see companies uh, start talking about like 6K by 6K and in even 12K by 12K sometimes, because there's a lot of different, uh, there, there's something called volumetric displays. I don't know if you know those, where uh, they can make the sub-pixels have, uh, give different views. And there's a lot of talk where like, maybe you can solve something called virgins accommodation conflict by uh, having volumetric displays uh, with, with some optics and they can focus um, differently per, per pixel area to solve for myopia, uh, uh, hyperopia, astigmatism, but also when you look at things up close, you know, your background gets blurry. Now, the problem with volumetric displays is uh, when, you, when you have a volumetric display, the actual resolution of that display is like almost halved, and in some cases, even worse. So that's when you have to bump the resolution even higher if you want to still keep clarity while doing volumetric stuff. Sorry, that was a really long answer, but I, I think 40 pixels per degree is when start, people are going to start feeling like we're hitting that um, threshold. But, you know, 60 is really the, the, the official number that people say, 60 pixels per, pixels per degree. And that 4K by 4K, what was the pixels per degree for that? Yeah, at, like if it's 100 FOV, you're, you're like an average of 40 pixels per degree. Now, now, most lenses these days do have a little bit more than the average at the center. Like it might be... 40 over your periphery, but like in the center, it might be like 42 to 45, depending on the lenses. But yeah, things are going to start looking pretty real. <laughs> real. As long as you got the, as long as you got the GPU to run it, that's going to be, it's going to be nuts. You also have to think like, like, um, I know we're all here, like, in, like, well, most people that are in VR today, they, they think about gaming, right? That, that's, yeah. that's what, that's what people think about. But these companies, they're not really thinking about gaming anymore. They're thinking about literally spatial computing, like put flat screens with with, with text, re replace your monitor, replace your MacBook. So re rendering that kind of stuff is not hard. For gaming, what's probably going to happen is just like how they've been doing it, uh, even for 2K per eye, the Quest and a lot of headsets don't even render at the full resolution, right? They render at a much lower resolution and do upscaling stuff. And upscaling is starting to get really good like especially with all the like the ai chips being put into standalone chips and gpus now and cpus apus all that stuff so yeah you're gonna see a lot of upscaling for gaming but for you know if you, you want to do anything like coding in a headset uh that's that that you don't won't need to probably do much upscaling there 
I, oh, that, sorry. You <laughs> got me excited. Actually, the biggest limitation more than uh, the actual rendering uh, right now is the bandwidth. So, for example, uh, 4K by 4K per eye, to send all the bandwidth through even wires is extremely difficult. Not even going to start talking about sending that wirelessly, but uh, sending through wires is already like the maximum um, that we're hitting at this current moment. And I've heard that even with, so the Apple headset has two 4K per eye displays, but also there's a front display on like where people can look at you and see you. Apparently that front display runs like crap because that chip is already being overloaded from the bandwidth from those two high resolution displays. So you might see like some really laggy or like really slow. Laggy uh, eyes. Everyone's got lazy eyes. Rate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of problems still. Man, this stuff is pure wizardry, like yeah. wizardry. Like you're talking about like the bandwidth of sending the information along a cable. And my brain is like trying to imagine what that even, how that could possibly work. And I'm not even close to understanding, like not <laughs> even close. The good thing I think about those advancements are hopefully that trickles down to cheaper consumer and better gaming products in the end. Because as you just said, Brad, like for me personally, I'm, I just want to play fucking outrageously cool games. Um, so yeah, that that's what I kind of see all this stuff. They can they can enjoy all that. I, that's why I was kind of worried about Quest Three. Um, even though I I kind of know that their focus is gaming, the mixed reality stuff is going to be a factor. And recently a tweet came out, and uh, I don't know what the guy's name, but he said the mixed reality was. Um, I got what it. What was his quote? Like basically near real. It looked yeah. that good. I mean, is that what we can kind of expect from Quest 3, in your opinion? Like, do you think? Because in my mind, from what you just said and what I just talked about the Vario, yeah. I can't see the resolution being there to support that claim. Because, as I said, the Vario was like, everyone in that room, I had a headset on, but everyone in that room, it was like I didn't have a headset on. That's the difference. It's yeah. like you're seeing the room with your own eyes, with no screen on. Which is something mm -hmm. I'd never, I'd never experienced before, regardless of the headset. You know, those people were like fucking. Just, I didn't have a headset on. It was like looking at them properly, and there was a, a man <laughs> with like no skin, standing there, and you could like pull parts off him and stuff. I, I immediately went for the ball bag just to see if I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was insane. Like it was insane. So what, do, what do you think about like this for Quest Three? I mean, are people gonna? Because a lot of people at the moment, I think, are like, oh, mixed reality, you know, it's all right. But I think there's another level of mixed reality people will experience and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Um, There actually is a pretty good chance that it'll look at least as good as Vario, to be honest. Because Quest Pro uh, was poor, wasn't it? Yeah, so Quest Pro did a really, in my, I think the industry kind of collectively agreed that it's a terrible way to do mixed reality where they have one color camera and two black and white cameras and overlay that. I don't think you'll see that anymore, <laughs> like honestly. Um, uh, binocular color cameras, even though they're, they're kind of sl considerably slow in some ways compared to black and white cameras, uh, just looks way better like it, it, it you can do a lot of the same reprojection tricks that you do for vr experiences with two color cameras um the interesting thing i this is probably still true so uh the color camera in the quest pro is 16 megapixels and 
early, I know since early on, they were using two of that 16 megapixel camera for the dual camera in the Quest 3. So it should look really good. I think it'll look really, really good. And they, I think the biggest thing is the depth sensor. I know Bosworth said that you don't need to do, you don't need a depth sensor to do good mixed reality. Well, if that wasn't, if that was true, they wouldn't be putting in the, the Quest 3 and having a really good mixed reality device, right? But um, I think it'll look good. I think, I think it's, um, yeah, no, I think it'll be good. The, the things you have to think about true to life is really it comes down to at that point, um, I think color and dynamic range of cameras are still not there for eyesight. So true to life is a scary term for a first generation mixed reality device because even the Vario XR3, it's awesome. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe it can do all this. Yeah. But like you 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 feel a little more colorblind with a lot of these mixed reality headsets, especially and depending on the light, the lighting, right? Uh you know, you, you turn off the you turn off one light and then immediately those cameras look like you're colorblind for sure at that point. So it I think yeah, it'll be good though. Probably. It'll be good. I think it'll I'll, be good. I probably tried it in a very, very ideal situation. I was in like a studio, lots of lights, green screens, and maybe yeah, probably. But if Quest is anything like that, I like I've suddenly like having this conversation and remembering that has made me think actually, I'm kind of interested in it now, and I wasn't really before, um, yeah. literally due to this conversation. Um, so virtual Steve, tell us a bit about yourself, man. Tell us a bit about you, what you do, and uh, you know. I will. And what I do is come up with kind of crazy ideas and try to make them come to reality. And on that topic, actually, while you guys were talking, I thought of a cool idea for pass through, uh, maybe on something that Quest 3 could use. So we have these crappy cameras that Quest 3 is probably going to have. It's probably not going to look amazing. I'm just throwing this out there. This is a wild idea. But say you use your headset and similar to kind of like how the Sony headset scans the room, you get a photogrammetry capture of the room. And you can get that at high resolution if you get up close to all the objects in your room. And then instead of using the cameras for the mixed reality, you would just render the 3D uh, room in the headset. So it'd be kind of like you're looking at your actual room. So you'd be using the 3D mesh with the textures of your room. It wouldn't be one-to-one, -one, obviously, but it probably would be better than what some of the cameras could do. So, yeah. Nice, dude. Nice. But yeah, I, I run a... Um, I run a VR channel, you know, do gaming content. Mostly, I like to do live streaming. So always live. I like the interaction with the chat. I've been doing it for like four years now. So started with uh, Quest 1 or sorry, uh, CV1 started with that. So I actually got into PC gaming from getting into VR. So it was kind of a, a nice uh, get into, but I've been doing some pretty cool stuff recently. Uh, and the PlayStation 5 has allowed me to do that because essentially I have a dual PC setup now. Because I can use the PlayStation 5 to run all the games, you know, do all the computing. And then I can use my headset uh, purely for doing uh, live streaming type of activities. And what I'm doing is I'm running Unreal Engine 5 on my computer. And I have a virtual environment with TV screens that have the game on it. All kinds of cool hologram effects <laughs> where I appear, yeah. particle effects. Yeah, uh, It's still early days, but it's because VR, when you live stream, it's such a physical you know, you can walk around the room, you can really interact with the environment. So I want to come up with a way, uh, obviously I don't have the money for like uh, full body tracking and stuff like that, or else you could totally do like a meta human with, you know, body tracking and all that stuff. But uh, I just do it with the camera. So I have my cameras in different spots in my room, two cameras, and they're mapped to the unreal environment that I use. 
and I can do some camera transitions around the map and it's, it's fun. I'm learning Unreal Engine at the same time. So I get to learn about how the, you know, the games are made a little bit and um, I'm trying to up the VR live streaming bar, I guess is kind of what I'm trying to do. So my channel is pretty small though. So, but Dude, well, that sounds amazing. the quality though is really, really awesome. Like I've been following Steve for a long time now and I love how you use tools like Unreal or Blender to like just enhance the visual aspects of your live stream. Like I've, I've tuned into multiple live streams where you had like custom backgrounds and environments that you made yourself in blender for those streams, you know, which is completely awesome. Like most people will use a template or once they get some, something set up and running, they kind of go with it, right? Like our between reality spaceship has been chilling for like two years, you know what I mean? Two and a half years, something like that. She's still so, going strong, son. She's still going strong. She's going strong, man. Mm -hmm. But we started with something that was just like a, like a stock or like you buy it from a website kind of thing. You know what I mean? So anyway, I really have always appreciated like those super custom touches that you're able to put into the content that you make. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a full-time, you know, I have a full-time job in that. So I literally just do it as a hobby. I'm not ever, you know, I just do it for fun. It's a fun hobby because live streaming, you do so many different things. You get to learn. I mean, I've learned... I've learned editing. I've learned 3D modeling from Blender. I do tons of coding because all my stream is, um, I do a lot of voice commands because when you're in VR, it's much easier uh, to do voice commands for all the fancy scripts I got to run. So yeah, you get the coding in there and then you get start to get into thumbnail creation. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, uh, using a lot of stable diffusion recently uh, for my thumbnails, which is really sweet. So I'll do this like quick photo shoot in my room. I'll turn the camera on for like five minutes. I'll just do a fun, bunch of funny poses, some with the headset on, some with the headset off. And I'm just in a plain black t-shirt. But what I can do with Stable Diffusion, I can just add in whatever kind of shirt I want over my body. I can put some sweet armor on, like combat armor. So I was doing that for like some of the Ghost of Tabor thumbnails. I may just put like a bulletproof vest on me because why not? And it looks really good with the AI stuff. So. It looks legit. <laughs> like actually it looks like you're wearing something. That sounds yeah. so good, dude. Do you, do you just live stream to YouTube only? I used to do both Twitch and YouTube, but um, it's probably gotten better over the years. But I think a year, about a year, year and a half ago, Restream was just giving me issues here and there. Same. And when your stream crashes on Restream, it's just a pain. And I decided I always liked YouTube a little bit more just because I watch a lot of content on YouTube and I don't watch as much on Twitch, unfortunately. Do you know what, dude? Um, I, I fucking logged into a stream on Twitch of a guy I watch sometimes, and I had nine adverts before I got into the stream. Damn. I don't, I don't yeah. know, I don't actually understand how that doesn't work. And then I went live to do something, and someone said to me, like they were getting adverts just randomly dropping in the middle of a live stream. That's so shit, dude. That is so like the only thing I like about it is you can become like a a, a, pay, uh, a supporter of that one channel, not the entire platform. Like the money still goes to the platform. But if you go to someone else's stream, you're going to get adverts. Because I'm paying on that channel. There's no adverts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So like, and that just doesn't exist here. I've got channel members, but they will still get adverts. Like, Well, that, the thing that Twitch has going for it is like the like integration so like the mm -hmm, api mm -hmm. integrations like you can do really cool things with your audience by them like typing in commands and stuff like that on on twitch and there's to to do that on youtube is considerably harder yeah it is and that's where you're going steve you're going for that next level vr streaming kind of thing 
Yeah, just do something different, something that's, you know, spicy and just looks the it's mostly like the intros and outros. Like if you look at my streams, like the intro is really cool. You know, it, it's a work in progress, obviously, but intros fancy, a lot of work with fading in, you know, audio and uh, doing all kinds of transitions. But then the gameplay is kind of just your standard. I'm on a green screen. Um, you know, it's pretty standard. But once I start figuring out some more stuff with Unreal, I'm going to start adding effects to like my character on my green screen. So when I live stream VR content, how I've been doing it recently is I'm on like this cool animated platform. It's just like a circular oval shaped platform with some kind of special effects running on it. Yeah. Once I get the more unreal knowledge, I want to kind of make a whole like particle system for my body. So I can transition in between being just a regular 2d camera image into some sweet particle effects. Um, one I really want to do is if you guys have seen like Returnal, that sweet, uh, when you teleport, that sweet particle yeah, yeah, yeah. transition. I'd love something like that for like when I'm transitioning between scenes. So like, yeah, once you do Unreal, it's it's all real time. That's what's that's what's amazing about it. Because in the past I used OBS and I pre-made all of my videos, like Alex was saying for the background, all the fancy uh, backgrounds I made, but they're all pre-rendered. And a lot of times I was using Blender. Uh, for those that are familiar with it, there's an engine called Cycles. And it's it's really good. It's a path tracing uh, rendering engine. It looks beautiful, but it's quite slow. So I would make a little change to the video. Say I want to, I want to move my TV here. That's displaying the trailer in the background of the game while I'm doing my intro. I want to move it a little bit. I got to re-render it. It takes, you know, who knows an hour, two hours, three hours, unreal engine. It's just real time. So oh, I just oh. move it over. It's all real time running all live. So it's, you must have a hell of a PC there. to do that. Stuff. No, 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 really. You don't need, you don't need much. No, I got a 3070 and a, i9 10850k 32 gigs of ram yeah no you don't need much to do that honestly wow. someone with probably a 1070 could run unreal and i target um i target 60 frames a second in my unreal project because yeah. i live stream 60 frames a second so it's really well optimized unreal engine so but it's essentially like i'm making my own live streaming game and i think pretty soon you're going to start in the next couple of years you're probably going to see some package versions of something similar to what i'm doing um content creation yeah. games, quote unquote, that you can uh, use. So for those that are familiar, that want to get into it, it's called Offworld Live is the plugin that I use. And it allows you to pull in elements from OBS and elsewhere, whether they're videos and you can place them right into uh, Unreal Engine. So it's free to use um, as long as you're not using it commercially. So, so which I like, don't do any. So, Go ahead. so personally, I've come across like, I was part of a team on Facebook that done some really crazy shit. Uh, Virtual Samurai. I don't know what he calls himself now, now, but he was on your show, Alex, once. Yeah, was he was Biohazard. When Biohazard. He was on my show. Yeah, so I was part of his Facebook team. Uh, I bought the pedals. I've done all the setup stuff that he got me to do. And do you know what it did for me personally? It just distracted me from fucking being me. So I was like, I don't think I'm built to do this. I don't think I'm built. I'm just there to like play a game and chat to people. I know, and I, and I, and I do. I have done other things in the past that have been more than that, but the stuff like you're talking about and what he can do, for example, I'm his I'm, stuff is just so awesome. I almost, crazy. I almost brought him up earlier. Yeah, it's his yeah. Biohazard, and the thing is, is like, in my opinion, love the guy, super nice guy, really passionate about all the stuff that he's done. But in my opinion, he's like way better, and and probably to your point, GT, way better at at like executing this cool shit than being an entertaining streamer, oh, that's streamer the other thing while was... that cool shit is going on. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for example, like if I speak to some people, the one of the things I'll come away from is going like, 
what's the word? They connect with me because they feel like I'm just a normal person, you know? Mm. But, like, if I watched him playing a game and all the stuff he does, like, you don't get a lot of his character because he's doing so much cool stuff that you're like, it looks like, don't get me wrong, if you're flicking through Facebook, you will stop. You will go, what the fuck is this? Like, this guy's doing mixed reality where his hands are physically there, mapped out with the character's arms. So when he's flipping his oozes in the game, it's his hands looking like they're doing it. Shit like mm-hmm. that. His GoPro's there doing mixuality. And it looks fantastic. But yeah, half the time, you know, and then he'll fly off on a hoverboard, get into a DeLorean, jump out the DeLorean, <laughs> and then it, and then a fucking Tesla suit will turn up and it'll unzip and he'll come out of the chest. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck's going yeah. on? You know, and then next minute he's just standing there again, like, whoa, and he's fucking killing people again. But there's I don't feel like I'm connecting with him. And uh, yeah, when I and I didn't even go anywhere near the level of what he did, nowhere near. And I still found it a little bit like, yeah, I don't think this is me. Um, mm-hmm. So, dude, if you've been doing it that long and that's becoming like you, and you can do that stuff all at the same time, I think that's going to be a real first for me to witness. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you get comfortable with it, and a lot of it's just automating things. I'm super big into automating things. I got like an engineering background. And that's one of the big things for me too. My stream setup was so complicated, um, multiple cameras and just trying to get all the lighting right every time. Like I'm always trying to find ways to just click a button and go. And I've gotten it pretty much down to, I think I can do about 10 minutes of setup time between just sitting at my computer. You know, this is like literally from like posting the video and everything too. Because I have scripts for all that stuff. So yeah, I've gotten it down now because that's part of the pain. Like I stream to have fun when you got to go and do your whole setup and it takes 30 minutes to do the setup. And then you only got two hours to game. Cause that's generally about how much I have. It just takes the fun out of it. And it's just trying to speed things up. Cause like I said, I do this for fun. So uh, that's the what headset. Bit. That's the important bit. Yeah. What headset are you using index? <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, I'm pretty, pretty cheap and uh, quest two still. So I'm eyeballing the quest three, but I honestly, based on what I've seen so far, I don't think, for me, someone, a content creator using it mainly through link cable on PC. I don't see anything so far of what's kind of been leaked. That's really uh, going to make me jump the gun to buy it, but who knows Maybe if I can sell mine and get a decent price mail upgrade, but yeah, quest two yeah. with link cable and then uh PS uh, VR two. Oh, really? What is this about the quest three controllers that I saw you going oh, on yeah. about? They're like pro controllers. Brad. Yeah. So uh, I wanted, to, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, so for those who do not know, there was a bloom board. What we've been talking about earlier, but just to recap, the one new thing I think from the Bloomberg report was the controllers. Um, they're in the style of Quest Pro, but they don't have cameras. So uh, how are they going to be tracked? Well, there's two ways they, they could be doing it. I'm not sure, honestly. Um, let me just say first that uh, the guy who wrote that article that tried the headset out, he did like a live like Q&A on his Discord yesterday uh, to kind of go into a little more detail. And he said the trackings right now with that prototype is really bad for those controllers. Like really bad, which is a little scary. Um, because yeah. there's So the, the two ways that they could be doing tracking without the ring uh, is they could be spreading IR LEDs all across the controller, which um, companies are starting to try that out. Um, I think... Even Lynx has a 6UF controller that they put IR LEDs all over the controller. So 
um, they, you know, they can, they can flash sequence the LEDs. So it doesn't matter if they're covered, they, the cameras can know which one's each. Um, or they can do something that Carmack has talked about before a couple of years ago, which is called passive tracking, where they're really actually just tracking your hands to solve the drift from the IMUs. So it doesn't matter that there's no IR LEDs on the controller, which if, if they're doing that, it'll be okay for some things. But if you're like a severe Beat Saber player, I don't think that's going to go well, honestly. So <laughs> severe. You're a severe. The thing, it's weird, player. isn't it? Like what you're talking about is people potentially buying something you think is a consumer product, but it's still a prototype at the same time, which. I just can't see it being the disaster of what potentially we're talking about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I can't see that because if so, if when you put Quest 3 on sale, yeah. you've now got potentially 20 million previous users who are interested because mm -hmm. they love the first one. Right. Don't know. Well, I mean, I, I'm personally giving them the benefit of the doubt. Quest 1 came out. It worked great. Quest 2 came out. It worked great. Quest Pro came out. It uh, worked okay. <laughs> that, but yeah, yeah. I think, but it's pretty good. You know, like it works really, really well. And it tracks. It does everything it's supposed to do. You know, so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm saying, give them enough time. I'm sure they'll iron out the issues before they start selling it to people. And that For hand sure. tracking has gotten so amazing at this point too. Just throw it in there. Like on Quest 2, like I don't really play hand tracking games, but it does come up sometimes and I just put my headset on. And I've noticed just over the couple of years of having it, like at first it was just kind of like annoying, like why are these hands that are barely tracked in my way? But now I'll just put the headset on. It's like sweet. Like I can just, because I usually I like connect to my link in my computer and I can just easily use my hands. I don't know about for gaming, but it seems like it's, if they could track your hands somehow on top of some sensors in the controllers with some magic algorithms in between. I mean, if anyone can pull it off, it's Facebook with all their resources or meta. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. the hand tracking is going to be considerably better even than Quest Pro because uh, that was <laughs> giving the benefit of a doubt. Um, I remember talking to people who had early dev kits of the Quest Pro and when they removed the depth sensor, people couldn't believe it because they could tell a huge difference of the quality of not just the MR, but the hand tracking got considerably worse from the retail unit compared to what they were debbing on for a while. Um, so that's a case where things were better in the prototype than the the final product so i don't know uh we'll see I, I really think all these companies like like again these companies even though they're, they're doing gaming stuff they are really pushing for the spatial computing stuff and i think that they kind of want to push users to do more hand tracking and push developers to do more hand tracking over time for what they want um yeah so yeah it, it, totally we'll see because yeah, hand tracking is not ideal in games you know like especially without a haptic device that will like let you know when you're grabbing things, when you're getting taking damage, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but in terms of like just using it as a product, like a productivity tool, hand tracking is absolutely amazing. And I'm sure anybody out there who's a content creator who's used their Quest 2 to do things has already kind of seen that where like you're sitting at your computer and you can just throw the headset on, pinch through a couple of menus really quick, bam, take it off and like keep going. You know, it's it's really, really nice. It's so much faster and smoother than having to pick up a controller to navigate to upload a file or to check something or whatever it is. So I think that's why I'm so excited for the gaming showcase because I think 
more than ever, the, the gaming showcase coming up is going to really let you know about your next investment. Like, more than ever. Because it's not like, with PlayStation, like, right, so we're going to go into PlayStation, right? So with PlayStation, for me personally, I think the numbers tell the story. And anyone else who thinks that somehow PlayStation VR was going to get some fucking massive spotlight on that, I don't, I don't think it was going to happen. Uh, I wanted it to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen because there's, I don't know how many millions of people who are PlayStation owners versus virtual reality, and they are not going to cater for the minority uh, because I think they kind of touched on doing that once with PSVR once upon a time, and the backlash was massive. Um, so yeah, you know, and so I kind of like when it comes to the meta showcase, there's no escape. Like there is no oh yeah, we're expecting flat game through this. Like This is purely VR gaming from start to finish, you know? And it's been so quiet for so long. You know, we're cruising around doing bits and bobs. And as a content creator, I'm so grateful PlayStation VR 2 came along because it literally got me through probably potentially the two worst, worst months on YouTube that you normally have. And that's after Christmas because people have spent their money and they're like, I've got great games to play, dude. I don't need to watch you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, cool, man. Go and have a good time. You know, I'll see you when when you need me. But PSVR 2 has been fantastic uh, for that. So as much as I was a bit like, damn, you know, there's no Astrobot, which is what I really wanted personally. I've on, I, I seriously, I'm getting to the point now, I don't think Half-Life Alex will ever turn up. Um, because, you know, all these rumours have just come out of, I don't know where they've come from, um, but, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of good rumours that would be lovely, but what happens with good rumours is you come away because everyone believes these rumours and then they're disappointed because there's no, there's no found, I can't remember what someone told, someone explained it to me once, that people can be disappointed because they just believe things that aren't even happening, you know? It's just, I don't know. I don't know. But let, how did you guys feel about that PlayStation Showcase? Well, um, I mean, it's a, it, well, let me start by saying that pretty much everything they showed, uh, I loved. Yep. And in terms of how much VR was a part of the showcase, it was around what I expected. You know, I, I thought there would be five to 10 minutes. Uh, it came in at eight. So in terms of like quantity, um, you know, my, my expectations are met. What really shocked me and disappointed me was that we got zero first party mm. Sony exclusives. I thought that there would be at least one big budget exclusive AAA VR game. Uh, because again, it's been two years since they've done a PlayStation showcase. Um, they just launched the headset into brick and mortar stores. It seems like the perfect opportunity to create uh, a demand and, and sell some headsets. And I, I was sure that we would at least see one first party Sony title. And when we didn't, I, I was very disappointed by that. Yeah. Yeah. I did watch, um, I did watch the uh, PS5 out for all one. Um, watch you go, watch you guys going through the motions. Um, what do you think, Alex, from the show? Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with the sentiment so far. You know, um, it's, I wasn't, it's not, I didn't have an unrealistic expectation that we would see a ton of 
PlayStation VR titles in that showcase to your point GT. Um, you know, when I was watching it, I was on Q2C VR gamers channel and uh, Masher kind of like had a fun little rant where he was just going off about how Sony dropped the ball here. And, you know, at first I would, I didn't really agree with his perspective perspective but once i listened to him yell for a couple minutes <laughs> it kind of like started to change my mind a little bit because if you think about it like it's no small feat to 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 launch hardware like this right like it's obvious that sony believes in vr it they do spend a lot of time and money to make sure that they release a new piece of hardware but then where is the software support for that hardware Right. Like, why is that not there? Like, why is Sony not doing what they need to do to make sure that this this new headset is getting the proper support from first party IPs or making sure that Alex gets ported into onto it in a timely fashion to to sell the headset when it's in its early days, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of par for the course for me. I, I agree with Wes. I would have loved to see something badass as a first party game and and it probably would have been astrobot for me as well i love astrobot i love the original and frankly i just love all like third person like platforming adventure games in vr i think that there's a, a lack of those and i would like to do more chilling on my couch playing a video game in vr rather than like being embodied with my hands there and like on some huge crazy adventure where like my heart rate's getting up on every everything that i'm doing uh but you know, I don't think that, uh, I don't hope is not lost, you know, like I still am hopeful that we will see some really cool stuff come to PlayStation VR two in the near future. Uh, and I saw somebody in chat, um, say something along the lines of like, there should be a separate showcase for the PlayStation VR two. And I think I really agree with that because then they don't have to worry about like the percentage of flat gamers that are going to be pissed off that we're wasting time talking about VR titles and, Maybe just by having a separate showcase, people would be inspired to come and check it out almost like as a standalone thing, you know, like, hey, they're doing a, a showcase. Sony's doing a showcase today. I'll check it out. I don't have a headset, but might be cool. Let's see what kind of VR games are coming, you know, kind of s s change up the narrative a little bit. So I don't know. They have, my... they have done that before. Yeah. yeah. And, and that that was the one that got the most backlash is when they yeah. did that state of play and it was just... VR games, the, the flat gamers yeah. lost their shit. Yep. So like it, it's, it's a fine balance that you have to strike. Um, I, th I think, you know, while I would love to have a VR only event um, at the end of the day, they're trying to sell headsets to traditional gamers, right? They don't have to sell headsets to, to us. We've already got one. Um, so I, I think that they, they've got to, you know, when they finally decide to pull the trigger, whether that's holiday season this year or sometime next year, I think it will need to be a, like a mixed event that that not only uh, showcases, um, you know, the best that VR has to offer, but some IPs that people care about. And and if if that means, you know, hybrid games that are can be played both flat and in VR, then then so be it. But the the goal from their perspective i gotta believe uh is to kind of win over those naysayers and, and get them into to headsets uh increasingly going into the future i don't know see that's the thing i don't know if they're trying to i know they want that to happen but i don't think they're trying to forcefully make it happen in a way of shoving it in people's faces because 
I always think that nowadays with social media, right, they can drop a, let's say uh, Astrobot does come out, yeah? Is it really going to get that much less eyes on the game by not being in the showcase? I don't think it will. I think you'd get roughly the same amount of views by going, right, we're going to stick this on the fucking official PlayStation channel, on the Twitter, um, and then you're going to have it on IGN. Like, the message still goes out regardless, but no one's then angry about it because it is exactly what it is. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. opening that that tin and hoping for whatever. You know that when I Astrobot VR whatever mission, you're going to be like, right, I know what this is. This is PSVR 2 and I'm choosing to watch it. There, there is no anger that way. And I think Sony's smart enough to do that. So my position, I, I didn't watch it. I started watching Eric's rant. And to be honest, I'm not really into rants. Um, Anthony made me sick of them back in the day. Um, <laughs> I'd rather just like think about what what's going on a bit, you know. And looking back over history, what I see is Sony play a smart game of like, if you're interested in VR, then you'll find the information you want. Um, if we drop a big game, you will know about it and it will happen. And that's like, people say shadow drop shadow dropping means like shadow drop is a term obviously, but it's not quite like shadow dropping. It's like any other game throughout the year that isn't in a showcase. You know what I mean? Call of duty doesn't need to be in a showcase for everyone to know a new call of duty is coming out. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what I yep. think PlayStation will play that game. They will throughout the year drop. It, it could have been a week later. You don't know. You just don't know when these games happen. Sony are notorious. Anyone who's a content creator will be stressed to fuck following these games because one day you wake up and there's a game on the store you've never even fucking knew was coming. There was no hype. There was no news. And that's why, like, I know there's a lot of new people now, but you should learn by now that don't be disappointed. Just be, like, kind of, like, waiting for the next because Sony are not going to put this much effort into a headset and walk away from it now. This is a three- or four-year plan. It's got to be a three, four-year plan. It has to be because mm-hmm. it's such a big risk. Well, such and like, look risk. at the Nintendo Switch, like arguably the most owned console of the current generation that's out there. There are so many Nintendo Switches out there. And when Nintendo Switch launched, I mean, granted, it had a Zelda title, which is pretty nice. But otherwise, there was nothing on that console. Yeah. Nothing. Like I bought World of Goo because there was nothing else. <laughs> on the quest or i mean on the switch world of goo yeah you know who else likes a world of goo (laughs) i know i know but uh and which actually now has me thinking i feel like this kind of got like glazed over but i might be like kind of excited i don't know about excited is the word but i'm very very much intrigued by that piece of hardware that they showed off in that showcase oh i know it's not vr is it the q but it's yeah, it's like a small. It basically is like a, it's like a handheld PlayStation yeah. Five that you can play over your Wi-Fi. I think is how it works. So like you know, if uh, I wanted to lay in bed and play a PlayStation Five game, you know, upstairs away from my console, I could do that. And I think that that sounds kind of badass. I might be looking into it. Um, it was quite funny on Twitter. It's quite amazing how certain people in tech industry steer negativity where they want it. You know, and obviously their followers, and this is the thing, their followers are going to see their point of view and probably agree with it, even if it's not right, because they're probably not right. As, for example, with the guy who said PSVR 2 has only sold 270,000 units in a certain time frame, and yet 
the Steam Deck, which they praised, was around the same number. You know what I mean? Both are whatever. They're, they're, basically, he was choosing what he wanted to see it as that perspective. Apparently, this queue has got a battery life of five hours. And I was like, that's pretty fucking decent. Like, I'm, I'd be, but again, someone steered it as, oh, this thing's dead in the water. It's only got five hours charge. I'm like, where is this shit coming from? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but to be fair, right, the PSVR 2 made me realize how annoying the Quest 2 battery is. Like, you can just game and game and game. You know, there's a lot to be said for a wire. <laughs> you know, in that way, there's that thing of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm playing my Quest and I'm I'm recording, I'm like, low battery. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this thing has a low battery. I forget. Yeah. So. But yeah, so... um. Steve, what did you think of the PlayStation Showcase, dude? How would you? Because I noticed you got the Pulse headphones in there. You're, you're, you're oh, into yeah. it. You're into it, dude. Yeah, I've had some time to reflect. I think after uh, watching it, my, my initial uh, reactions, I was definitely like had a bad uh, taste in my mouth, kind of a bad feeling, a little disappointed. I guess I was looking for just at least one new announcement of some sort. Yeah, some kind of upcoming PSVR two game that we haven't heard of. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, maybe they could have announced something. Maybe it's a timing thing. It's like the beginning of summer. Maybe save that stuff for Christmas. Announce it later in the year, maybe, saying it's coming out Christmas time. So maybe they're saving that stuff. But um, looking back on it, I'm trying to stay positive. And honestly, we might have gotten gameplay of one of the best uh, VR games ever made, potentially, uh, yes. with Resident Evil 4 uh, VR 2. I mean, it, I, you know, it didn't show a whole lot, but if you played resident evil eight and you know how good that was, um, I'm just blown away. Um, I played several games now on PSVR two and resident evil eights definitely my go-to uh, favorite as far as quality goes. Yeah. And I guess my biggest disappointment, it's funny. I don't know if I was the only one, but my number one thing I was looking for to be announced wasn't even like a VR game. It was a hybrid mode for pre-existing games. That was literally, I wanted to see either returnal, have a hybrid mode announced where you could play it third person uh, in VR or one of the other first party games, you know, whether it was God of War or Last of Us, but Returnal, I thought would have been sweet. And I think it might have even been you that mentioned it. You seen, you know, someone that apparently played a build or something. It did exist at some point. Returnal PS VR too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. might have been you. Might have been someone else. But... I've never heard about a hybrid mode. It was a VR version. Oh, okay, like a actually first like person your VR version aiming. Okay. Yeah, I've never I've never gone down the road of the hybrid thing. Um, I do. I remember hearing about it, and I kind of figured out from Sony's Q and A, like my previous knowledge would say, no, that isn't going to happen because of control. Sony, the last thing Sony want is people like feeling ill, not having a good a good experience. They're pretty strict on that stuff, even though obviously the small sweet spot and persistence are all the things that you'd be like. I've never yeah. known a headset be returned so much in some ways, um, which is a real shame. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 I heard whispers of a first person returnal mode actually being in existence, and I was like, that would be crazy, like that would be incredible be awesome yeah Returnal so that's was such a great game that's what i want to see them lean more into because they can take all the, a lot of these pre-existing games like they did with re8 i guess they did it with re7 i never played the uh, playstation version but follow that same model i mean a lot of people call re8 like a glorified mod um i think it's a lot better than that um but there's a lot of other games they can do that with and so many other so many of the great games on playstation are third person games i think they would be well suited for playing in VR in third person mode. 
Not to mention it's a wired headset. You got your console probably in the living room on a couch with a couch nearby. Uh, it'd be a great way to play replay a lot of these games that you already have in your library. But it's also interesting too, because it's like, so Resident Evil 8 VR, it was like a free upgrade. And I already had owned it recently. So it's like, how do, are they making, they, they put a lot of development time into that. Yeah. Are people buying it just for the VR2 mode? I'm not sure, you know. Well, that's or what I want to talk people... about. Like, are you thinking, for me, the word, the way they talked about hybrid mode was a hybrid mode where you didn't necessarily have touch control support. It was like VR mods. It was like, it's a game that looks like a VR game, but isn't necessarily fully fledged VR game. That was hybrid. Is that is that correct for you guys? Is that a term you think is correct for that? Or because in my mind you've got hybrid games and you've got VR modes, like a VR as you just said, like a VR version of REA. I don't think that's a hybrid. I think that is a no. a fully fledged VR game now in its Six own right. Yeah. So I just want to know, like, what are people's interpretations of hybrid? I don't know, what? like wipeout. Yeah, well, wipeout like... support. What wipeout support a hybrid game in the, the the sense that I've always taken it is a game that's developed for both platforms simultaneously. So it, it's developed to to be played traditionally, but at the same time they're designing it knowing that people are going to be playing it in VR as humanity. well. Humanity. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, humanity. But you know, I think Resident Evil Eight is a great example of Gran Turismo is a great example these yeah. are games that were developed for vr at the same time being developed for traditional players as well okay well, there's a huge opportunity you know like to this day one of my favorite vr experiences and i'll say this until i am six feet underground was skyrim like mm. i don't know why skyrim isn't just absolutely praised as as one of the cream of the crop vr experiences out there because it fucking is it is amazing it is huge there is so much you can do like if, if i mean it's skyrim but in vr so you can make your character however you want you can do all the quests the side quests like it's ridiculously awesome and i definitely see uh, a lot of opportunity for existing games just to be brought into vr and to give people like triple a quality experiences it's quite interesting i'm looking at the chat as well um so I've got some people telling me that RE8 is a hybrid, like you just said. Yeah, like I'm assuming that's what Wes is kind of describing. Yeah, yeah. Um, humanity is not a good example of a hybrid, as VR isn't a big advantage over flat. Now, personally, I actually don't like humanity in VR. I think it looks nice, but I prefer to play it flat. I think it's I kind agree. of yeah, it's just the kind of game that I don't want to. Put, I don't. I don't want to put my headset on to play it. Like I'm quite happy just playing it. You know, it doesn't really yeah. offer me enough. So that's kind of why I went with hybrid. As I guess in my mind, I did play Grand Turismo 7 flat, but I was always like, like I'm waiting for VR mode. And that, like, in, in a way, to me, that is a full VR game now. Uh, RE8, I played, I completed that before VR. But again, now, now I've played it in VR, I'm like, yeah, that's a full VR game. I don't know, mate. I guess, I guess if a game has got a flat version and a VR version, we're calling them hybrids now. Um, yeah. My definition was wrong because I'm thinking what I want to see more of is gamepad supported um, that was VR my... games from a third person camera perspective, like Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Like... That was my thing of hybrid. Yeah, hybrid was like it's a visual add on. You know, it's a visual VR version of a game, not sixed off, not with touch support, you know, not with potential room scale. Um, 
But there you go. Fucking just sounds like we just want VR regardless. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to use that term. (laughs) I'm never going to call a game a hybrid. I don't think I want to either. I've never really used it until like this week where it come up where people are like, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. But I really wanted more hybrid titles. And I'm like, what where is where is hybrid coming from Um, what is hybrid well i mean i I think we're missing the forest for the trees here the the reason why people were so excited about hybrid games and hybrid uh games coming to playstation vr2 has nothing to do really with that kind of interchangeability between flat in vr the reason people were so excited about it is because it's a way for developers to profit off of making vr games by bringing big ips into vr without upsetting the the uh the, the traditional gamers out there yeah and i think that's what people were more disappointed about than anything um that they really could care less if if these games could actually be played in you know traditional manner but uh i, I think the the thing that everyone wants is we want god of war we want returnal we we want these ips in vr these big budget games and for most people who think about it from a business perspective that's really the only way that makes sense for sony to to make these games right now when you're talking about so few headsets out there is by kind of adding that development on top of the the already existing cycle for a traditional game yeah. I think we I think we might see more of those games soon. Oh, not soon. Uh, I think with a PlayStation 5 Pro. Because I was thinking about it the other day in a game like Returnal. Like, it's a beautiful, amazing game. You need that fast FPS. I mean, to run that in VR, you got to you gotta render it twice, don't you? Is that how it works? Render well, each there, eye? There, there are new methods of optimization being developed all the time that kind of make that a little easier to get away with. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think the current... PlayStation 5 would meet Sony standards for bringing a lot of those games into VR. So maybe with the PS5 uh, Pro, we'll see some of those uh, God of Wars and Last of Us be able to be experienced in a uh, third person, you know, locked camera view with a amazing controller, by the way, because I haven't got those vibes from the PlayStation VR 2 controllers. The trigger haptics are okay, but playing with the dual the actual dual sense controller is like 10 times better in my opinion oh, than playing really? with PSVR 2. Yeah, I love the the feel, the rumbles of uh the PlayStation regular PlayStation 5 controller is so much better in my opinion than the PSVR 2. It must I don't it must be a battery issue or something, I don't know. Uh, they every, can't mate, everyone's different. <laughs> you know, you might be yeah. No, I, I think some of that has to do with the fact that the the dual sense has more weight to it. Then the the individual sense controllers are a lot lighter, and um, it's a heavy controller, dude. It is a heavy controller, and, and of course the the titles themselves, you know, more big big budget first party stuff that for from studios that really know how to fully utilize these controllers. So yeah, I get the sentiment though. I kind of agree. Yeah, there was so much. There was so many wants for that showcase, and yeah, I think. I don't, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone came. Anyone came away, going, "Woo, <laughs> that was amazing!" You know. Um, again, though. Again, though. And I and I hate that it comes off this way because there were so many things to be excited about. Yeah. I mean, not only Resident Evil Four, which looks amazing. It looks like it's going to be just as good as Village or better. Uh, but I'm excited for Synapse. 
which I was already excited for. And the big shocker, the big surprise out of the whole thing for me was Arizona Sunshine 2, yeah. which I was a big fan of the original Arizona Sunshine. I love that game. And to, to get a next-gen version of that, I never thought that that would happen. I gave up hope when After the Fall came out that we'd ever see a sequel to Arizona Sunshine. But, but here it is, and it's coming this year. I mean, that was the OG zombie game that put VR on the map. That was the one yeah. that went viral. That was the one that everyone knew about. Um, yeah. as you said, yeah. though, with a with with the release of um, whatever after the fall, you kind of felt like holding them. Oh, this is what that was going to be, you know, because it's a kind of a right. similar game. Because a no brainer move would have been Arizona. So yeah, if Skiva were here right now, he would be telling you that Arizona Sunshine is by far the number one location based VR game. It's amazing. There. You must have By played far. it. You must have played it, obviously. I have played it, it's but not so just good. in terms of like how good it is, like in terms of like playtime and sales. Like it destroys Beat Saber, it destroys Job Sim or whatever, like everything. Yeah. Arizona Sunshine's number one. It's so much fun, dude, as well, like in co-op still. That that's exactly what I was gonna say. Not only is this the OG VR uh, zombie shooter, this is the OG co-op campaign in yeah. vr this was the first time you were able to take a friend through the entire story campaign with you and i think that's the reason why i have so many hours in it like yeah. I, I've, I, I take everyone into that game you know yeah yep uh, yep 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 apoc says all they did was show a cinematic trailer though yeah i agree uh i'm not sure why it was only cinematic um it was quite interesting to see some people think it was gameplay i don't know why they thought it was gameplay um it's very clearly cinematic but i mean they said it was coming out this year so that's what i just think to myself going back full circle i guess to the beginning bit is that don't be disappointed till the year's out because i think by the time you get to the end of the year you won't be disappointed do you know what i'm saying i think you're gonna be i think good stuff's gonna happen um i agree yeah. i agree totally and uh again like don't mistake my disappointment for a lack of faith I still have complete faith that Sony is going to support this headset and this platform in the mid to long-term future. Um, it just may, it, it makes me question my own like ability to speculate on these things because I was so sure it just made so much sense to me from a marketing perspective for them to have something here now. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the next logical thing is that they're going to want to uh, really push the uh, platform around uh the holiday season to compete with quest 3 that makes perfect sense to me but again so did them showing something this week so who knows who knows what they're gonna do exactly that exactly that what is uh what are you guys all excited for with if you are at all actually the metagaming showcase like what are you what are you hoping is going to happen or see for example the number yeah. one thing that we need right now in vr is a fully open world game uh grand theft auto san andreas whole world that you can explore just be immersed walk around just rob people go on random missions loot like that's what vr is about like alex uh, said early about skyrim like you just want to be in that world and a lot of the vr games too they're so short and they're so you know you play through them once san andreas you could just go around it and just chill and just do random stuff uh, i'm a little nervous to see what it's going to look like and maybe they maybe they make all the assets from scratch and they're super well optimized and it's not just going to be like a like a you know generic port but um 
Yeah, that's it for me for sure. It was, San Andreas, it, maybe a multiplayer mode too. Throw it in there, deathmatch, all kinds of stuff. I mean, they could just do so much and just they would sell the system for sure. I think um, like Resident Evil Four proved that a game can still retain its original art style and look fantastic in VR, and that as always, as soon as I kind of saw Resident Evil Four, I kind of thought GTA could happen, San Andreas, it could happen, and you know, it kind of looked the same but better. So, what about you, Alex? What you got? What you thinking? You got anything? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm there with Steve for Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the other thing that I would love to get some uh, some juicy info on would be like, what is um, Downpour up to? What is Ready at Dawn up to? What are Beat Games up to? Like, what are all of these studios that Meta has acquired over the past three years? What are they working on? Like, tell, give me a new game. Give me the next Echo v Arena. Give me the next Onward. Give me the next whatever. Because these people, like, they pulled the plug on on Echo Arena. You know, Onward has basically just vanished into obscurity in terms of, like, first-person shooters in VR at this point. So where's the next thing? You know, why did you buy them? Where where's What's that money going towards? And uh, hopefully the answer is is shown to us in this showcase yeah for sure what about you Wes? you got anything you're uh potentially excited for yeah i'm getting i'm very excited for this event uh i mean for many reasons first of all i mean when you take into account the trailer premieres at the beginning and the dev talks at the end this was go likely going to be an hour or longer all in as well which tells me that they have a lot that they want to show in in terms of like software um allow me to take the low-hanging fruit but asgard's wrath to this day might be the most technically impressive game in vr in terms of of just the amount of game there is there the amount of depth visually sound uh the idea that that studio has been working for years on maybe adapting this game or bringing a sequel that's something to be excited about um but the things probably got me most excited is there seems to be a lot of momentum picking up in recent weeks for them to get the hype cycle started with Quest 3, whether we're talking about the the uh, the Quest 3 showing up on game profiles on the Quest Store or prototypes showing up for the media this week. I mean, it seems to all be leading up to something, and I'm really hopeful that they, you know, in, in whatever extent that they decide to roll it out, that they start the uh, the hype cycle now for their new platform that's coming later this year. For sure. Brad, anything? I oh, know you're not gamey but you know uh hand saber <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it man that'll do it hand and foot saber <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> a game you have to play doing star jumps that'd be that'd be fantastic it was quite interesting you said echo arena alex i was like i don't think i don't know imagine that imagine if they dropped a new echo arena i mean that would they're doing something do you, you know do you, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think DLC. Biggity Bam's <laughs> talking about Tarzan VR too? Echo Arena was the game that got me to buy VR, by the way, before oh, I, I had was, a PC. I was going to ask you that, how you got into yeah. it. Yeah, and I never ended up really playing it much, but I just it was one of those games I remember seeing the trailers and just seeing that it was like, it was so physical and it's like such like, it was like a sport. Like, it's just something, I love VR games where they have a mechanic where it's just like, you just couldn't do that in a regular game. Like, Oh, there's and, not, you uh, could, that was, you can only do that on a wireless headset as well, pretty much safely. 
Yeah, that game's um, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, fucking hell, dude! It is so dangerous. Is I like, even though I can, I take the nose pieces out of my headsets if I can, so I can still see my my world a little bit if I need to. Yeah, you're playing Echo. You're like you're into the match, and I'm just fucking all over the place. It's so lethal. I've never known a game like it. I think they actually have a mechanic. I, they might have fixed it, but you can, you know, you can jump and like get that little bit of extra air. Which, if you're floating in like, you know, zero gravity, you shouldn't be able to jump. But that, <laughs> maybe they should have like put that in the tutorial. Like, don't jump. Like, don't jump. Oh, mm-hmm. Grapple tournament is the game that has had me punch my wall more than any other game. Such a great game! Oh my god, it's really fun. Is it and on the main? It's store? the fact that you can go from from like f- super fast action firing like an unreal tournament to meleeing people it's all the meleeing dude like i'd be like hiding around a corner waiting to melee somebody and then bam punch my wall it's bad we've done a tournament <laughs> on that and uh i think i come like second or third i was really proud nice it's a fun game people yeah it is it's available on quest it's such a great game 1099 it's only got 36 ratings it's a f- yeah you got to go in with homies unfortunately it's... there's no way you're getting a match oh it's such a great game that is really gutting has yeah, anyone done anything a, uh... with uh oh i was gonna say uh the xbox game pass stuff that they announced like one of the last showcases oh yeah on the quest headset did anyone has anyone tried that did that ever come out somebody made a video on it a while ago was it was it matt bmf did he make a so video we, about so the game pass there was a guy there was a guy i made a video on and i think matt did the same either afterwards or before where this guy basically made his own version of it um well yeah you link your game pass which i was when he messaged me he went all you know all you need to do is sign and i went mate you give me a games pass on your account and i'll do it i'm not doing it on my account and uh yeah he gave me his account details i logged in and i was playing xbox games in my quest i was just like this is fucking cool <laughs> um yeah it was it was really cool but um yeah i don't know man like there's that bit of me that i still like chilling on the couch playing games you know there's still a lot to be said for relaxing vr is an event you know um totally yeah, yeah totally then- i've i've become like i'm like a majority flat screen gamer these days than compared to vr <clears throat> like of course i still love vr and i still play vr games but um you know and just like my day-to-day life it's like so much easier to like just jump into a couple of rounds of rocket league or right now of course i'm addicted to zelda so i've been playing a ton of zelda but yeah i completely agree and that's why i would love to see more like astrobot style vr games something that is relaxing and approachable you know and you don't feel like you're gearing up for war every time you put the headset on you know which is, is great but i like to relax and play games too you know yeah what have you been playing recently, um, Wes? What have you been doing recently? Apart oh, from you've been see. working quite a bit, haven't you? I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. But uh, I mean, we 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 uh, we get in our gaming when we can. Um, I did high on life VR mod most recently. Uh, played that for about four hours, almost on. Uh, oh, on I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High on life. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was good, man. It was fun. It took a little while to to get it tweaked in so that everything looks good. Uh, but you know, after about 15 minutes of, of tweaking, it looked great, man. I mean, it, it was super crisp and clear and detailed, even in my old, uh, Rift S headset. Um, so when we talk about, you know, Sony potentially hybridizing games, 
on on ps5 i have a lot of faith that they could do something like that if they wanted to because of just how much headway people like prey dog and, and luke ross have made just modding these games in their self um yeah. i did some cosmo dread uh last week as well the psvr version of that and uh i forgot how much i enjoyed that game it, it's really well done dark really great audio design and a fun gameplay loop that has you always wanted to get one more run in um I think that's mainly what I've played over the last week. Um, I fucking yeah, love, I love Cosmo Dread. Like, it was quite, it's quite amusing how I think some people were so like, what are the graphics like? What are the graphics like? And that game isn't really about graphics. It's, no. it's, it's a really cool gameplay loop. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I think, and, that, and you know, the weird thing is, like, there isn't a content creator and I know doesn't enjoy it. You know, when you talk to them, they're like, Cosmo Dread, fucking love that. Do you know what I mean? It's not expensive. It's an easy title. I think it's made by one guy or two guys or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's stellar. You know, you've, you've got to accept certain bits. I remember, I think I played it on Steam and then I played it on Quest and the Quest version kind of looked like the guys are in the suits. Like you're on the set of a fucking 90s star trek episode you know what i mean a little bit but um yeah i i absolutely love uh cosmo dread and i highly highly hope regardless of what platform that you pick that game up because it's just really good fun and it's got a great atmosphere yeah i mean it's really awesome um and it's just 15 dollars too which still blows my mind because it's such a high quality title um and for what it's worth while while the playstation version doesn't have a bunch of like upgrades and stuff like a lot of these quest ports do and there are some like the headset haptics are, are is pretty yeah, cool yeah. in cosmo dread um really just playing a, a really dark game like that behind an oled panel makes a world of difference for me because i remember playing on quest it was so hard to make out a lot of uh what was in the room with you before because it's such a dark game but in that oled there are degrees of black and uh, that really made a big difference for me playing it. Yeah. I like budget cuts. Oh, my God. What the hell was that? That was awful. <laughs> I haven't done that one yet. I got. I just got the key for it, but I haven't I haven't tried it out yet. I just, it was weird. I went on Twitter and I was just like, oh, this game should have stayed back in whenever. You know, I, I enjoyed it back in the day. And um, I think I was trying it. Someone said to me, like, what did you expect? And I then questioned myself as normal. I'm like, yeah, what did I expect? Why did I go in there and go... There's nothing here new for me. I'm not going to bother. I think it was the ultimate. I think I then looked back on like the announcement of it. And I kind of thought in some way, not only is it going to be a combination of the games, it was going to be the best version of the games kind of thing. That's, I think that's where I got to in my mind. Um, but yeah, like even starting it up, I was like, well, I'll skip the first one. Do go straight to the second one. I didn't see an option for that. I was like, I've got to play the first one again. And I was like, I don't, I've played the first one like twice now. I didn't want to do that. Um, so I think, yeah, overall, I was just a bit like, oh, because um, it doesn't, it, well, anyway. I'll, I'll it's look. just like budget cuts is just a little clunky for me. <clears throat> you know, it's like not like smooth and fluid and yeah. I don't know, it, like it's just clunky. I, I, I played, I, I remember I was at Gamescom and they were like, do you want to play budget cuts too early? I was like, hell yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And they gave me five wands. Dude, I did not know what the fuck to do. I was just like <laughs> holding these massive TV controllers. I was like, 
what, what do I do? You know, and they put me in there and I think they just turned around and cracked on these Swedish people. And I was just standing there and I couldn't do anything. I was like, I don't know what to press. I don't... They're so alien. Um, Brad, you must have used those things. The ones, the Vive ones. He's not even listening uh, now. They probably make good leg trackers. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, are you there? Sorry, my monitor keeps going out and that's what's connected to my speakers. Say again? Oh, no, I was going to say, did you ever use the Vive ones? Oh, yeah, that's what I used all the time back in the day. Oh, uh, God, dude. Yeah, they were awful. But how did you manage? I mean, remember, uh, they were pretty much the only mainstream VR 60F controller for like at least six months. Have you, have you got one? I got a few. Hold up. I've owned it. You know, I, I haven't seen one since. And I, I think in my mind now, they've got two versions here. I have the, uh, the old version and then the one you know. <laughs> Fucking hell! Like what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, is that heavy? Are they man? heavy? Are they just? They are heavy. They're a lot heavier than normal controllers. I remember actually, uh, after after my OC six interviews, when I interviewed um, Jan, the main developer of Beat Saber, I was asking him about like peripherals and like different controllers and like how the experience changes when you're like using a quest controller versus like a PlayStation move controller. And um, he said that his favorite <clears throat> to play with personally was the Vive ones because it felt more like an actual saber in your hand because of the weight. So I was like, all right, I'll go try that. And I did. And I was getting gassed like halfway through songs <laughs> trying to rip these things around. Like they are pretty substantial. That's why I love the move controllers. I th honestly, I think I enjoyed beat saber on playstation more than any other headset because of the move i controls. enjoyed it a lot the move was nice the problem was just the tracking was garbage so you yeah. miss a block because your your controller like disappears behind your leg for a second you know and why is it doing behind play. your leg what you're are you doing sw you're swinging <laughs> like crazy bro you must be like what yeah. <laughs> You must be trying to do like high kicks and roundhouses. Yeah, like properly. you know, like a big, like a big downward swing like this, like at, at oh, the arc at the back. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it would get occluded by your body from the camera. So it's actually kind of funny when I used to play Beat Saber on PlayStation, I would take off most of my clothes, like, and run the cord of the cable. If or if I was wearing um between your clothes, butt, I would wear between your butt. I would wear it through. I would put it in my my ass cheeks <laughs> and clench. <laughs> to hold on to it but i did run the cord through my clothes and out the bottom of my shorts to like get the cord out of the way um and i often played in my underwear too oh Alex. can you can you even 100 percent a song on expert plus on playstation vr1 it's super hard yeah the, the, did they release i was so happy expert to go plus to on there did they because they knew it might not happen i don't know uh yeah i remember when expert plus came out it was it was insane i remember the first time i tried that i was like okay this is impossible and now i can play expert plus songs no problem but at when i first saw it i was blown away by how much more difficult it was compared <laughs> to expert you've got the chat you've got the chat thinking about you alex i think um yeah you know i i don't blame them you know, let your imaginations <laughs> run wild, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus. And there you have it. But yeah, um, how many days to the, to the meta thing? So two days, three days? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh my God. Right. Is it right. Wednesday? No, it's not Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Is it not? 
Is it Wednesday or Thursday? I, I think it, it probably Wednesday. Thursday. Something like one more thing to think about is if we do this show again it's next Thurs- week. It's Thursday. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> if we do this show again next week, same time, it'll what be you- post Apple oh, showcase. Shit, well, oh shit. Yeah. Same day. So what time what time's the Apple showcase then? One PM Eastern. Hmm. Everyone should put their guesses in for uh, MSRP. I'm going uh eighteen hundred. I might nice. stream it on this channel because I wasn't I'm, I'm, I wasn't going to stream it on mine to be honest with you because I know there's going to be a lot of stuff that isn't VR. I would advise against that. I tried that last year. Apple automatically DMCA's everyone who restreams their keynotes oh. unless you have permission. So why, why is that? It's so weird, dude. So fucked up. Well, we could we could maybe do like a a reaction thing where we're watching yeah. it and st- talking about stuff and then. Um, you know, when the VR stuff comes up, maybe we could be quiet or just uh, play audio or whatever and talk about it, talk over it. I'm doing a big event in VR chat. Um, I'm going to oh, yeah. fill up the whole theater that we have in VR chat with a lot of VR people who want to watch it because, you know, it is kind of a historic, you know, it's going to be pre Apple and post Apple for right. VR industry, you know. So, so yeah, yeah I'm, I, so I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to be in VR chat with Brad. Uh, but m- maybe I'll stream that to you and you guys can put that up on the channel. Well, sure, hopefully they don't pull the plug on it. Yeah. <laughs> I might do that here then. I might do that on this channel. I might Dude, sit here. I... <laughs> Twitch. And... <laughs> this is like totally unrelated, but I think it's funny. So I have to mention it. Twitch did like a Twitch con live stream thing one time and they invited Metallica to play live on it. <laughs> and as soon as Metallica started playing, Twitch pulled their own stream. Because Metallica was playing. Oh, it's like no. so, so hilarious. That's fucking yeah. ridiculous, dude. Yeah. That is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Yeah, but yeah, it cool. is It is before and after. Like you said, there's going to be life before this event and life after this event. So I really hope the ready. rumors of the $3,000 thing is just greatly exaggerated. You know, that would be, that'd be cool. I do hope so. I do hope so. It's interesting seeing the, the prices people are coming up with. Um, yeah. I just hope, I hope it's that good, regardless of price. I, I would rather it be three thousand dollars and be awesome than be fifteen hundred dollars and be mediocre. Like I want it to be next level and, and create uh, hype, unlike we've seen in VR. You don't want it to way. be Quest Pro, is what you're telling. Exactly, <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Do you know what it does? Like when I was watching, I was going through. Um... See, I noticed, by the way, I haven't said we're going yet. I was tempted, but I haven't. You almost did. I know I did. I felt it, it nearly come up and I swallowed it. Um, <laughs> when, I was looking at Brad's, um, when I was looking at Brad's Twitter the other day and stuff, and something I've, I've been questioning anyway in my head, and I have said it before, how, how long was PSVR's life cycle, would you say, before? Was it like three years, do you think? Oh, you mean when it was like really good or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it mattered and it, you know, at um, some point it stopped mattering, but it, it was good pretty much through 2019, 2020. It's really the last one to two years where it really fell off. I'd say four years, four years. Okay. Uh, what do you think with the speed things are changing and stuff? Do you think PSVR 2's life cycle will be? What do you reckon? Um, it, it depends on where the market goes. The, I think that it's a different dynamic this time around because we're starting to see 
stratification of uh, of the the technology it's not you know up until now the the tech has largely been the same thing you know you've got your your, your six stop motion controllers your, your your headset that has whatever kind of tracking but now we're starting to see features be integrated like mixed reality and eye tracking and um i think that the market's market's going to split and i think that really each major headset is going to kind of have its own little niche and i don't know if the overall market's big enough to be doing that it might be too early for it but um it depends man you, you know if the mixed reality stuff takes off in a big way then sony's going to feel like they're behind with their hardware but i mean if everything stays pretty gaming focused and traditional uh i mean that headset could have a lot of legs if it's supported properly so i don't know it's difficult to tell at this point we still don't know exactly what or when valve is coming we don't know what samsung's going to bring um, yeah but uh i think in terms of gaming as a as a console peripheral it still has some legs on it because the display is pretty solid and um and obviously the controllers and haptic feedback all that stuff's really good um so yeah i, I think if they support it properly we can still get another three or four years out of it but every year that goes by becomes a longer amount of time in in vr years right so like a, a year two years from now we're going to advance more than we have in the last three yeah if that makes any sense so let's think so, about like at the end of the day how long is the life cycle of a console now i mean switch is quite an enigma isn't it i think that's been around far longer than seven years seven years i always thought seven years was the time frame five to seven uh brad's nodded yeah. as well which is good so and now they now they do pros as well for every console they have their right their upgraded versions of the console but we're three Mid years are we into ps5 now yeah and again it's it's an atypical time uh because of the pandemic and the, the the supply chain issues that we've had over the last few years it's almost like we're still in year one even though we're three years in at this point yeah 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 i kind of see what you're saying there is definitely at least a year of just nothing in my mind of life <laughs> just everything people are, just, yeah people are only now really readily available over the last six months have they been able to just go out and get a ps5 when they want one like before that it was all about scalpers or catching them in stock online um so yeah again in many ways it's it's like year one even though we're three years in I just kind of wondered, you know, because I, I mean, how, how old is Quest 2 then? Is that three years now? Is it coming to three years? Coming on three, yeah. Three, yeah. yeah. And do you think they'll always stick to that sort of cycle? Like that three-year cycle? Because I, that's what I mean. In some way, like admit it, while we're all sitting here, we're hyped about games, but we're more hyped about tech. And that's what I kind of think. Like, imagine if Sony go, yeah, boys, we've got two, three years here. The fireworks i'd really hope they would go in three four years time here's another headset but how would people yeah. respond to that i don't know i i, don't I know. think they've got a little i think they've got a little leeway here with this uh because they always have the option of of releasing something different like a standalone sony could always release a standalone in three years from now and make it so that it tethers wirelessly to the ps uh, five if they want or play standalone games um the, the fact that they're going with a wired console peripheral 
right now leaves them options to to advance maybe a little more soon than they would have uh, done otherwise yeah uh we got a super chat from michael grant thank you ever so much uh he's but do you think the apple device will be standalone or require tethering i think i know this answer but i hope brad can answer it uh what would it need to make you say yes that it's worth three thousand dollars so two questions what do you reckon brad is it standalone uh, it's technically standalone it uses uh two socs so like uses Imagine okay if if you if you know how the Quest Two works. Imagine there's a Qualcomm XR two chip, but also an M two chip from like a Mac or an uh, iPad Pro. That's what's gonna be powering the Apple headset, basically. Wow. Do you think it's worth three thousand dollars? Are you I buying have, one? If it is three thousand, I will have no problem buying one if the rumors are what it is for hardware honestly like i've seen 4k per i micro oled it's, it's I'm, yeah I'm, <laughs> you need it just say it you need it right i do, I do, I do need it you're powerless actually, yeah all right i got a question for brad yeah i need you to write me a pitch to my boss at work uh, how we all need these apple headsets buy me one so i can use it for work is this going to be something that I could do? Do you think it's going to make us more productive? Because we do a lot of web web calls, web Zoom calls. And is it going to be secure is the question because a lot of the stuff I do at my job may or may not be, uh, you know, need to be secure. Do they have that infrastructure, Apple? Well, you for... think of it as like, uh, if you guys ever use Macs or iPads at your company, it's probably the same level of security, you know, set up VPNs and stuff. Just honestly, think think of the headset at the very least as like an iPad Pro that you put on your face and start there. That's like the best way I think you should think about it. Reese so the King are... in the chat is asking, do you think it'll work with PC VR? It's got no controllers though, I've heard. Yeah, nope. It's hand tracking focused heavily for sure. So maybe not? <laughs> I mean, if, if uh, someone wants to make a virtual desktop on iOS or whatever, they can they can go for it, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking, man. That's a, I think it's such a bad decision. But it's Apple. So, you know, personally, I, I don't think they've done anything bad yet, as far as I know. But, um, but yeah. Um, gives FaceTime a new meaning. <laughs> Love that. I would like to buy one, but my wife, I told my wife, I was talking to her about, I've done the thing where you go in and like warm them up to the news. I was like, yeah, the Apple headset. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, it's that. Oh, it's going to be, this going to be really interesting. <laughs> but I, like, I touched on some bits she might like. And then when I dropped the price tag, it still didn't ride. It was like, <laughs> no way. No. She's like, you're not buying that. And I was like, oh, not a no. chance. My I don't think pretty. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think you would like it, GT. You're a gamer. What are you going to do with it? I don't you're know. A, you're gonna play a couple AR experiences. It might be pretty cool, but you're not gonna be playing first-person shooters online and getting into adventures and stuff with this headset. I don't think always. Time. You could always watch Pawn Stars. Yeah. <laughs> that actually went on. <laughs> that, um, that that wrote that the PlayStation Showcase stream was far Ooh. too close to the Crewcast stream because it was like two days and that was still in the chat. It was like. <laughs> uh, that was good it was well it was good for you guys it was uh it, i felt like i had uh 
a speech problem that I can't change. It's really quite annoying yeah. because I know the words are different, but I can't say them different. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. I I commend you, Wes, for your wit and sense of humor. Arful said I can try one in an Apple store. That is a good idea. But also, I am friends with a bald tech guy. He's got a YouTube channel. He's called VR Oasis. And I've got no <laughs> doubt that he will probably have two or three. Because that's just what he's like. So I'll go around there and I'll nick one of those. And I'll steal one of his electronic bikes and come home. So yeah, that's probably what I'll end up doing. I, I think uh, Immersed Robot kind of expresses my, my wife's actually pretty excited for this apple headset announcement and she's not even like a vr person that much like she don't spend any time in vr she thinks this apple thing's gonna be something she might want to actually use just from like she's tried the beyond that was that was like that was like an exciting headset for her she's like oh this is so comfortable it's got great visuals and stuff but then she hears all this stuff about apple she's like Maybe I'll become a VR person, actually. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I missed his comment. That's a great comment. The so the immersive robot says the Apple headset would allow me to legitimize my love of VR to my family who don't follow anything except the mainstream. Amen. That's so. That's that's a really interesting way of thinking about it, isn't it? That'd be so cool because it does feel like we're in like a hardcore niche all the time, doesn't it? You know, it's like a yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's quite crushing. just three thousand dollars to earn the love and respect of your family <laughs> <laughs> for people to go oh that's why you, <laughs> yeah. that's why you've been doing this for worth every penny a decade oh <laughs> wait did it you didn't waste 10 years of your life oh you could have just you could have they'd be like you could have just not done that and just waited <laughs> 10 years yeah uh, you know, yeah, until they hit you up asking you how to do things. How does this work? What does this mean? What the hell's an IPD? That's it. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I, my uncle he bought a PSVR two, um, my spare one actually because I needed some money. And uh, <laughs> and I, I, when you, I don't know why, suddenly he got lost in the menus. It was like I can't get out of the game. I'm like, but the it's the same menus as a PS five. He was like can't do it i'm stuck in this game i can't get out of the game so i had to like be on facetime with my auntie to like talk him through the process and it i don't know it was weird was he playing like, sword art online or what no he was playing uh drums rock i think it is uh is it drums rock I'm drums rock is that right have i got it right <laughs> sounds that's maybe. a game sounds right yeah, yeah yeah he really enjoyed that dude like he really enjoyed that i think maybe he'd enjoy ragnarok more Ragnarok is awesome. Yeah. I think maybe it's it. really it's got some cool music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. Beat Saber's king. So just tell him to play Beat Saber. You can say that safely this week because um, Eric isn't here. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I don't mind telling him how wrong he is. It's fun sometimes. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of an Otica guy myself. Otica. Wow. Yeah. That is very <laughs> unusual. Wes. If you'd have gone synth riders, I'd have like maybe slightly raised Honestly. Honestly, I play synth riders a lot more than any of them because of the uh, the soundtrack and the fact. What I really love about synth riders is that it's on a rail versus stationary, so you're kind of moving through a level. Yeah, and uh, that that I really really enjoy about it uh, versus other rhythm games. Yeah, you guys ever played Dance Collider back in the day? No. Oh my god, I might. It's like a weird like it. 
I mean, it's probably not good now, but I played it a couple of years ago. I enjoyed it more than Synth Riders. I'll say that. I enjoyed it. It was pretty cool. That isn't the one where you jump through the, the holes and stuff, is no, it? No, it's like a Beat Saber. I think there's multicolored uh, blocks, and you got to kind of have to punch them. I feel like I played Dance the soundtrack was really good. There's like a boss mode where there's like this kind of like cool techno-y kind of synthy uh, soundtrack when you go through the boss mode. It's free on Viveport. I think it's, uh, it's it, a cheaper dude, game. Dude, it but... looks like it's bloody Synth Riders as well a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of like a hidden gem when I found it because I was doing like this uh, 30-day VR fitness challenge I do like once a year. And I was trying to find all these different games that I stumbled across that I think I ended up doing it like five days in a row because the, the gameplay was actually quite good. But I never hear anyone talk about it. But I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd recommend going to it now. I'm trying it, but just curious. I never hear anyone talk about it. Do you it, remember but... the one that was like pre Beat Saber where um, you had the shields? Do you remember that one? Isn't that Audica? Oh, Audio Shield. Yeah. Audio yep. Shield. Yeah. I remember seeing that before Beat Saber, I think, Audio Shield could upload your own songs and it would think it would automatically map them. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You used to be able to put in YouTube links into it. It would auto generate, but then they got in trouble and had to remove that feature. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That's yeah. so cool. Have you guys what? used the, um, oh, sorry. Wes, do you get a workout when you play Autica? Is that physical? Is uh, it- I don't, I, you know, when I say I prefer it, I prefer it to beat saber. I don't ever play any of these games. Uh, not for some time. Uh, okay. But a little bit. I mean, th- there's some like, it- it's a rhythm shooter, but there are um, sequences where you have to kind of melee your way through it. So yeah, th- those uh, those sections can get your pulse up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I treat Beat Saber as like a tool. Like I go to play games, I'm not playing Beat Saber. Like if I got 30 minutes, 40 minutes to work out, that to me is like playing that an extra plus for 30, 40 minutes. That's the most intense, especially if you've got a good playlist of fast songs. Yeah. Uh, that new queen pack that came out it's the first time where i'm looking at it i'm like this might be one i don't buy i might just pick two or three from because again that's how i play it's like high paced are you are you picking that one up alex or are you can just i probably I will you, you buy them all that's right yeah, i buy, buy them all. all yeah so that way if i ever play online i never have to worry about what i have and what i don't have i can just play with whoever i'm playing with um so I'll probably buy it, but last time I played Beat Saber a couple of days ago, I um I was eyeballing it, and I'm like, mm, nah, and just skipped it and played other stuff. I haven't played Beat Saber for such a long time that I jumped in on the PSVR 2 version to see about these reports of frame drops and positioning. And to be honest, I did witness some frame drops, but nothing major, and everything else felt the same to me personally. But they, they obviously is a problem because they announced it on Beat Games on Twitter and basically said, there is an issue and an update is coming. But, dude, I did not realize how many music packs are out for that game. There is a fucking whole wall. And they are all insane. really famous artists. Like, the most famous artists you can think of. Yeah. It's crazy. Not my favorite artists, you know? Like, I'm actually, I'm kind of like a music, I don't know, nerd slash snob. You know, like, if it's, like, on the radio, I no longer think it's cool kind of vibe. But, um the I'm really happy just for like the average Joes out there who do love mainstream music because you have like the weekend and Green Day and Panic at the Disco and Lincoln Park and Lizzo and Lincoln um, Park Billie Eilish. Like ridiculous how many. Yeah, Lincoln Park was like suddenly I just wanted to play Beat Saber again and I hadn't wanted to play it ever since that first wonder, you know, back on PSVR. Um but yeah, Synth Riders I and I say this about VR games in general all the time. Can anyone name me some good soundtracks in VR games? 
just off the top of their head. I, I, I really struggle because flat games, I, I revisit flat games because of music a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I love all that. You know, it drives me. My ringtone is a game, you know, all this stuff. Um, and yeah, in VR, Def- I struggle with that. Definitely not um, that latest puzzler on the PSVR 2. What the hell is that game called? Humanity. I love the game, but I had people even in chat complaining. They had to like turn their volume down. And I listened back and it's like the same. It's like a looping, weird looping sound over and over again. I didn't notice it when I was playing, but yeah. <laughs> you didn't know. That's what I mean. You didn't notice there was I was in, I was too into the game, too too busy trying to solve these puzzles. But people are like, I got I to gotta turn your audio down. Your soundtrack's annoying. When I it comes they're... to... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Derail. Robo Recall. Thank you. Yes, I agree. Robo Recall. Sorry. You can all carry on there. So. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, I think the the music, other than like, you know, audio, like like Beat Saber and like rhythm games, which, you know, do pretty good in terms of their um, soundtracks. I think the music moment for me that comes to head right to right away is Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah. Like standing in Whiterun, like having that song hit me and just being like feeling emotional about it. You know, like I love that, that song specifically. White run. What well, the o- the opening? Yeah, I do like the white run one as well. Actually, yeah, but even so the good. opening tune is fucking incredible. It's like Game mm-hmm. of Thrones level. I absolutely love that. But another great one. Um, is it Bone Lab or Bone Works with the better soundtrack? I think Bone Works for me had a better soundtrack than Bone Lab, personally. But either way, Stress Level Zero. Yeah, fantastic, iconic tunes. Actually, which if you're a content creator, you can use freely, which is pretty cool. Um, they're really good. To pretty add, good so. too. I like Vertigo 2's soundtrack. I thought it was pretty sweet. Yeah, I need to play more of that game. Or Astrobot has some good music in it. We've got Astrobot in there, yeah. I can't remember Astrobot. Apart from the main menu. Thumper. Oh, yeah. Thumper, yeah, Thumper. yeah. That's my favorite rhythm game. If we're talking about what my favorite rhythm game, it's Thumper by a mile. Very Thump- drum heavy. Thumper's got a real, like... I remember the first time I was playing that game, and it was, I think it was a launch title on PSVR, and I was reading a magazine about these launch titles that were coming out, and I saw that game, and it it was the price the price was pretty low, and the wonder of it, and I remember like you're like on a helter skelter slide thing, and you kind of you could trick yourself into thinking the world's moving quickly or the bugs flying forward, and I remember like looking, and there's like this sound like a strange sound that always goes in the background. And I sort of look behind me and there's nothing, like just an abyss. Mm. And it's a little bit like you feel like you're alone in that game. And it's kind of cool. Like it's kind of a good yeah. feeling. And on PSVR 2, uh, with that, have you played it on PSVR 2, Wes? Oh, yes. It's, it's one of the first fucking... things I played. Oh. Like Thumper and Res Infinite, Tetris Effect. These were pretty much the first things I went to, um, you know, outside of Horizon. Yeah. When PSVR 2 came out, just because I knew that the audio and the haptics uh, was going to make an impact in these games. And boy, was I right. Yeah. Dude, Tetris Effect, that first level, that song, plus the gameplay, literally was like moving me to tears when I was yeah. playing it for the first time. So good call on Tetris Effect. And also, I can't believe I didn't say this earlier. I do think my favorite VR game soundtrack is Pixel Rip 1995. That soundtrack is awesome. Thank you. This is why I wanted to have this conversation because I sit here sometimes and I'm like, the only one that I've put on Spotify was Synth Riders. Oh, I've I've absolutely listened to Pixel Ripped on Spotify. 
Yeah. 100%. And I did as it's well. super good. Because one of the guys I used to do um, my old Rec Room podcast with, he um, remixed one of their songs and they put it on their official soundtrack, um, which is so cool on Spotify, you know? I remember that. I remember the day that happened. It was so cool. So, yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank you for filling in some spots there. There's like eight to ten games, which is so good. Uh, talking about Pixel Rip, the new game's coming out next month. Three weeks. Yep, three weeks. Three weeks, dude. It's going down. Uh, Chaos asks, who out of all you guys is most likely to win a hot dog eating contest? Mm, I reckon Alex. Probably me, yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. dude. I, I If you spoke, it, my missus would tell you I probably would, but. I'm, I'm i wouldn't i i would i would i would view you as a as a notable and a contender competitor thank yeah, you sir thank absolutely you. but i've got a feeling alex is hollow you know dude i fucking love food like it is mm. like that is my favorite thing in the whole universe i love eating it's so great it's too i love it too much what's your it's favorite like a, what's your favorite food i don't know man i you know i, I kind of just love like um you know like uh if like I, if I that, get like a like yeah. a last meal kind of thing, it would probably be like pizza, chicken fingers with ranch, fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh, so know, what? What like would you do, right? If, if if there was a thing, it's either VR or pizza. Like one can stay. And I'd like, get rid of pizza. Are you saying? See you that, later. Are you saying that because you're on the podcast? No, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I mean, you know, like I, uh, like my wife and There's I like to like, go out There's to restaurants. Food. Yeah. We like to go out to eat and have like, like legit food, you know, like good dishes and stuff. And like, she cooks all the time and she makes a bolognese. That's so fucking awesome. You know, stuff like that. So I could easily get by without pizza. I just like, you know, I like to eat the food that, uh, I loved as a kid still to this day, you know, I, I probably have some trauma I need to work through or something. <laughs> oh, no, I'm the same dude. Like, I mean, if I had one meal, I would probably uh, select a perfectly cooked medium steak, but like on like, what, what do I eat? I eat pizza, I eat tacos, I eat cheeseburgers. This is what I eat. That's good <laughs> shit. Yeah. I beige, love it. beige food, all beige. Um, what about you, Brad? What's, yeah, what's your diet, dude? I bet you're quite interesting. For food, yeah, yeah, food. <laughs> uh no, I'm pretty boring when it comes to food. I think actually, uh, ramen. You totally eat ramen, right? Uh, no, not not like the package stuff. Only like if oh, I go I, to I the did, restaurant. I love. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean the package stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love, love that the good stuff. stuff. Um, no, I I think I I do eat a lot of pizza. That's for sure. Like, all... it's so fucking good. Yeah, like. It's so easy. <laughs> just yeah. Either you can either microwave it, you can oven bake it, you can order it. Like there's so many ways. It's so easy. They're all easy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm like I'm like in my 30s now, like yeah. in my 30s, and like I just can't eat that kind of stuff like I used to. Like yeah, I'm yeah. I'm probably lactose intolerant. So if I ever eat anything with cheese in it, I'm like fucking gobbling digestive enzymes just to like hope that it like softens the blow. <laughs> you know, it's rough, man. It's rough out there for us 30 six-year-olds i i'm i'm 45 almost are you ways and i eat pizza almost every other day you look amazing a lot is that the scene you you. rub it on your face first the the grease yeah actually i wasn't going to say that but now that you mention it pepperoni pepperoni (laughs) oil i bet you have like dogs running up you at the street like trying to lick you (laughs) tasty guy 
I thought they just liked me, but now that you mentioned it, it makes a lot of sense. Mate, you look insane for 45. That's that's really good, man. That's really good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. So, yeah, I just while we're doing the two comparison things or, like, get rid of one. Bears or chairs? Now, take your time. <laughs> it's a big question. Bears or chairs? Before we wrap up the show. What the f- <laughs> What is that? I'm just saying, what would you choose? Bears or chairs? We, we don't know what you mean. Well, you don't, you don't know what a bear is or a chair? Well, okay. we have, I have, we have, I have to get like, rid of one. I have yeah. like 10 chairs the... in my house. If I had 10 bears in my house, <laughs> I would be in a fucking, I'd be in a rough shape. So I feel like chairs is the easy answer. I reckon here. I could take a bear. I'd have a go, I think, if I had to. You are dead, bro. <laughs> you are so dead. A cub. <laughs> oh, so what I'd you, pay to watch it. You, for what it's you're going for bears, yeah? Obviously, you're going you're gonna to fuck off all the bears. They've done nothing wrong, but you're going to get rid of them all. Because you want your chairs. I would probably, I would probably. Because you want to sit down. Anyway. How lazy. Even, yeah, you're going to stand would, and do this fucking show. Even if it had nothing to do with chairs, if somebody came up to me right now and said, "Do you want to get rid of all the bears?" I'd think about it. <laughs> I might get rid of them. <laughs> They're vicious man eaters. Got to go bears. Oh, Brad. Steve is going with bears. No one asked me what what my favorite food was. Uh, what is your favorite? Bear. Well, is I it thought it's burgers. To be it's bears. Night. It's totally bears. <laughs> yeah. I I can't do it. We don't have the button. Oh, oh. Do you know? Ooh, who else, hey. Do you know who else likes bears? No, it's oh. his favorite food. Oh yeah, yeah sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite food, Steve? If you got, what is it? What is your favorite food? You guys all said pizza, so uh, no, sushi's pretty good. Um, we actually have Love a place uh, in uh, New York called Wegmans that makes like the best um subs they're on everything roll with uh spicy ham capicola lettuce tomato onion mayonnaise Mm. oil can we end uh, the show please they're just delicious (laughs) alex is gonna take a bite of his microphone (laughs) i you can eat it in vr you know you could eat it in vr i wouldn't recommend it but (laughs) um but yeah so there you go that's so what one bears on chair i'll take it you're always just gonna get rid of bears obviously no you get long you get lonely with uh just chairs that's what I'm is saying, you... Alex. That's what I'm saying. Okay, you pick bears and already running out of bears. T- tell like, me how oh, it goes. We're losing polar bears, we're losing panda bears. Like, thank you. I, I thought the koalas, question was you only get I didn't one even or the think other. About that, I didn't even think about koalas. Koala, we might there's have to so many types of bears out there, and you just want to sit down. Harry I'm pretty sure koalas bears. and pandas <laughs> are not bears. What's up, Brad? I don't know. That, that hit me. The, that hit me a funny way. You just want to sit down. <laughs> Just want to sit down. <laughs> like these are living, living beings. You're like, true? what about my ass, man? I want to sit down. You could kneel. You could lay. I'm know? not standing for two hours while I sit here and but because talk about my favorite food. Evolution, you dude. You might have grown a different way of. I'll do the show prone then. I guess I'm just <laughs> coming at you live, laying What's in Brad my bed got? with What's a ceiling Brad? I think cam. Brad, that's still technically a chair, dude. Oh it's no, a, it is. Man. <laughs> it's, it's a ball in a chair. Okay, so so bears or all surfaces is really what you're getting at. Because like I could forever. sit on anything. Yeah, I could sit on this 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 stand here. I could yeah. sit on the floor. So you're saying all matter in existence or bears? This is what you do. You kill the bear and you sit on it. No, I, well, I a can bear see chair. what you're saying, but like, I'm talking about they're just white from existence. Like, you, we don't even know they existed. Fuck those bears. 
Well, here's the thing. If we did, if the, all the bears were gone and we never knew they would, that they never existed, we would probably not even mention anything or think anything about it. Oh, no, we but, would. We would. But, Just us. but if all chairs were gone and we never knew those existed, we'd be trying to come up with a way to invent something that's easy to grab and sit down on. So mm. I, I think that's a pretty strong point uh, for team chairs here. That yeah, is a... Sorry. Take like two hours to reinvent the chair. I think at that point on, on on that bombshell, I think it's a good time to finish the show. Thank you to everyone for watching today. <laughs> really appreciate it. Uh, you're all awesome. Thanks to all you guys for being here. Thank you to Steve, man, for being here as well. I will, I will definitely get that intro coming up for the next show. That'd be awesome. And uh, no, I don't think it affects sweets. Like there's gummy bears. They're just gonna be called gummy something else, aren't they? <laughs> There's still the sweets like, will still be there, Artson. I like the don't, worms better anyway. Yeah. Listen, don't ever bring this back up, okay? I don't ever want to talk about this again. Don't tell me what to do on my show. Right, guys. <laughs> see you later. Take care.